the ultimate outfield. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in, everybody, to Fantasy Pros. This is the Fantasy Baseball Podcast. And it's me, Joey P, Joe Pizapia. And today, it's all about the outfield. That's right. It's the ultimate outfield guide. We're going to talk about all the sleepers, the busts, the must-haves, all of that with me. And, of course, the Welsh. Follow him on the Twitter machine at is it the Welsh? No question mark. It's more of a definitive, constant searching for the true inner Welsh in all of us. And speaking yeah. of inner Welsh, existential. Yeah, you had some existential Zen time at camp, not uh, not summer camp or day camp, but at Rangers camp and Seattle camp. So before we get to all of that, I want to know, were you in there massaging Jacob deGrom's side injury <laughs> over Rangers camp? What did you see? I saw you. You tweeted some Julio Rodriguez VP. That was yep. very exciting. How did that go? Everything was great because it wasn't band camp. No, uh, yeah. you know, summer camp. Well, band camp can be band fun. Camp. You know, those yeah, kids, might go to band know, camp on Friday now yeah, that I'm thinking about it. It's a good point. Yeah, uh, yeah no. So the Thursday I was over at Rangers camp and the minute I walked in, the rumor was spreading that Jacob deGrom had a uh, little hurty hurt, a little here or there. I will tell you, though, uh, what I was told was he threw today. I did not go to Rangers camp, but I got to go and watch. All the pitchers through a session, Andrew Heaney, Nate Evaldi, some of the prospects, Kumar Rocker, Jack Leiter, which I put a tweet mm. out if you want to check out the Jack Leiter uh, BP session. Catchers are there, no hitters. Today I went to Mariners camp and as we're recording this and everybody was there. I got uh, what a couple of people were like, I didn't realize that Welsh was going to be the first person with a Julio shot this year, but I got the first photo of him out in the outfield. Uh, Jared Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez BP. I talked to a couple prospects, pretty much everybody. Uh, almost everybody was out at camp. Really good spirits. Eugenio Suarez was in good spirits. JP Crawford was out there. New Colton Wong was working with those guys who were kind of in groups. But cool. you know, Julio was the talk of the town because he'll be leaving soon for WBC. But some really great BP sessions and maybe some other good notes. Uh, it is freezing, though. Joe, it was 37 degrees when I got into camp what? and I was wearing shorts like a dummy. In like Arizona? Like it was dummy. 67 degrees in Jersey today. I was loving well, life. I don't I know told what's you, going on. I told you and I had told, told Bogman this. Part of why DeGrom got pushed on Wednesday as well, it snowed the night before, like in our general area. And it was in the mid 30s, low 40s when camp opened up and it was wet. And the Rangers were just like, we're not going to put him out there because he had suffered I think they just said like a little discomfort. Uh, but again, like mm -hmm. I said, he I think he threw today. And I think that is optimistic. I am not going to let you screw mm -hmm. with me and get me off the Jacob DeGrom right. bandwagon. There's plenty completely. of time. Though I'm being attacked by everybody. Kelly, uh, the wonky penguin, attacked me online. <laughs> you were the first person to give me a I told you so uh, message. Well, but it I'm wasn't so much strong. I told you so. It's so much as, I mean, look, I, I do not wish him ill. I love Jacob DeGrom. Sure. But uh, it's I'm just not drafting him. Or should I say I'm not drafting him where he's going it's absurd he's outside my top 20 sps for a reason because i like guys who take the ball every fifth day outside now we're gonna talk 20? that's right that's right i can and it's easy it is easy we that's a whole other show we have mm -hmm. the starting pitcher ultimate guide coming next week with nick pollock joining us so stay yes. tuned for that in the meantime it's about the outfield so let's get after it before we do just a reminder the draft assistant the ultimate tool, speaking of tools, Welsh and I certainly know a thing about that. Uh, dominate your fantasy baseball draft. Is that what you want to do? Well, the draft assistant can do just that. It's the most powerful set of tools you'll ever find, and it syncs to your league's draft. It gives you real-time recommendations, expert advice, 
and of course the perfect pick every time and usually that's not jacob Degrom. so whether you're a rookie or a seasoned pro the draft assistant will give you the winning edge and mvp and hall of fame subscribers can try it now at fantasypros.com slash draft wizard or download the fantasy baseball draft wizard app which is probably the best way to do it so go get the draft wizard app wherever you get your apps and crush the competition like never before and if you haven't already, subscribe to our premium features here at Fantasy Pros because you get a whole lot more for your money when you do. So go MVP, go Hall of Fame, and go get the draft assistant at fantasypros.com slash premium. That's where you upgrade there at fantasypros.com slash draft wizard. That's the place to go get the tools. All right, let's talk about some of the outfielders that have the tools to make our fantasy teams. Let's talk a little bit about the sleepers. Let's talk about the players that are a little underrated and we'll start with the Welsh. Welsh, who do you have? Or are you just going to do three outfielders? Who's number one on your list of guys that are undervalued, underappreciated sleepers in 2023? Now, I do want to say, I do think the sleeper and then the last section we're doing of like the must-haves, they kind of intertwine. So I want everybody to know oh, this. Like every guy that I'm going to mention as my uh, sleepers are players that are like, must-haves for me so uh hopefully you guys understand that this is probably the highest of the ranked players but on my sleeper list a guy that i think can be a top 20 outfielder and i really just kind of sat on stupidly in the offseason is taylor ward taylor ward on um fantasy pros adp if you guys go and look 32 in outfield right now uh a beautiful red baseball savant page in the upper at least 80 percentile and just about everything just i mean expected slug was 89 percentile his ex woba was inside the top 10 percent last year with a 361 he made improvements against fastballs and off speed this past year where um you know you, you want to look at like exit velocity on hits every single hit in 2021 against the variations of pitches had about an exit velocity around 87 except for off speed which is 83 percent check this out in 2022 fastballs went up by four miles per hour on average on his exit velocity and the off speed went by about seven miles per hour. So he's just hitting the ball harder, even though he doesn't pop off on a hard hit percentage. And he still put up pretty great numbers, 23 homers, five stolen bases while two, hitting 281. Um, the expected batting average, I think, is going to kind of keep him boosted. It's not like too far down where it's like from 281 down to 268. It's in the range you want. EVs went up. He had a career high max EV 112. All this stuff is to like sit here and tell you, listen, Taylor Ward is being undervalued and you've got, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Anthony Rendon mm. returning a lot of pieces out there for mm. RBI opportunities. I think where he's going outside the top 100, he really does have top 20 outfield upside. So he's a sleeper this year and he should be a target of yours. I don't mind where he's going in drafts right now, but I love it. I love we're already off to a start where we're going to disagree about something. I don't <laughs> love Taylor Ward, period. Uh, and here's why. What do you do? There was you? a big chunk of the season last year from uh july to august where he hit around 200 he struck out 48 yeah. times in the two months he had an obp under 300 this is when everybody was talking about oh he's the greatest thing ever in the first two months of the season and i said wait until the adjustments come and the league did adjust to him in a huge way now to his credit he did adjust back all the way in september september he hit 345 it was a stunning month for him he had a 972 ops so he brought everything around but really, I mean, you can even throw June into this mix, too, because June was not great for him. He was an incredible starter. April and May, he was outstanding. Thousand OPS, everything you could possibly want. And then the next three months, he was a drag. 
Okay. So that's my only thing with Taylor Ward. And you know me, yeah. I play a lot of head to head. That stuff bothers me about him. If you're playing Roto, it's less of an issue with me. I can already tell you want to fight me. So let's go. Let's fight. No, no, not at all. It, <laughs> I, I don't disagree. It, to your point, I actually think what you're saying is really important because one thing that happens a lot with like full season stuff, many people do, is you look at the like, the totality of it and you're just like oh mm-hmm. okay this is cool because if you look at the first half you hit 286 you look at the second half you hit 287 that variance isn't like a problem but to right. your point there were two completely unserviceable months two july and august oh, were yeah. of no and use june whatsoever. wasn't great no uh, uh no june was 256 he was okay it wasn't fantastic it's but fine. like my counter to it is kind of exactly what you said he ended the season strong he had three mm-hmm. of the six months that he hit over 300 a fine month of 256, not everything is going to be great. And he had two really garbage months. But this is just a guy that puts the ball, uh, puts the bat on the ball consistently, makes pretty good hard contact, made big changes, put, still put up good mm-hmm. numbers even in those two stinky months. He hit six homers, only one stolen base in that time. That I just think, you know, that ex Woba tells you a decent amount on the story as well that this guy's going to continue to hit. And there's a lot of people around him. I won't disagree that, like, if, he starts going up and up and then you have to, you have like no room for growth as far as his value goes. That's going to kind of suck, but I don't think that's where he's going I now. He's I can asleep. tolerate, I can tolerate yeah. him now, especially in season long Roto in any head to head format. Uh, I am suspicious because when you're not good for two and a half months of a season, that is a problem. And you said you use the word yourself unstartable almost. That was pretty much where he was. All right. I'm going to start things off here with Trey Mancini. I'm going to cut this guy some slack. Okay. Mm. I think he's still working his way back. I mean, you know, he had a, an okay season last year, 18 bombs, 63 RBI. He split time. Obviously, he got traded to the Houston Astros, which was fantastic. Now he's going to be playing for the Cubs. I think he's being kind of underappreciated. He also qualifies at more than one spot, which I also think is still an intriguing piece of this puzzle. He is right now going around outfielder number 66 off the board. Actually, he's moved up a little bit over the last 24 hours since we put the show together. So that's encouraging. But I look at this guy as, you know, you're looking for some cheap power late. Uh, getting him in a ballpark like the Cubs, I think is a good situation for him. He'll be a little bit newer to that league also. And if you look at some of the bottom feeder pitching, you're going to get there from the Reds at times from the Pittsburgh pirates at times. I think this is a good situation for him to kind of rediscover a little bit of that power upside. So I think this is a player that's a big sleeper for me. I'm going to put him in that grouping. Uh, The next guy on your list, Welsh is a player that, I don't know if we've left the mock draft without you getting so far. So I can I only imagine we're going there. So let's do it. This is the number one player that you could say should be on my must haves as well, because I have this player everywhere. Uh, I talked about him on CBS. I talk about him a lot of places. It's just, I think the value is there and it's Lars Newbar. So no one's going to be shocked if they've heard me talk about Lars Newbar. Uh, he was a phenomenal plate presence is in general, 14% walk rate, which was awesome. He had a top 10% exit velocity. Another one of these guys that is just like big, hard hit numbers. Um, Xwoba, 82nd percentile. And last season, his batting average, it kind of stunk, but he had an almost 20% differential between his batting average and his expected higher. 228 batting average with a 247 expected batting average, also an over 400 expected slug. All of those things are good. Those are good. He had 14 homers in just under 300 um, uh, at bats, and he had some stolen bases. And uh, I think it's Stubby Clap, who is the, one of the hitting coaches for the Cardinals. It's oh, yeah. a great name. It's an all-time name. He's funny too because he's like five foot one. I saw him in the Arizona Fall League a couple of years ago. He's so nice. There was a BP session, not to create all chaos, but 
people do know I like Lars Newbar, and I got tweeted or te- uh, added to this on Twitter that during the first BP session, out of five, I think it was five pitches, Lars Newbar hit four homers, and uh, Stubby Clap looked over and went, "Check, please." For Lars Newtbar, <laughs> Lars is a phenomenal, almost George Springer-like type of uh, leadoff hitter with big power. He can run. I think the uh, run totals are going to be up there. The question is playing time, of course, because they're loaded. But I just don't think Lars is someone that we have to worry about. 51st in Fantasy Pros outfielder ADP. I have him higher. I probably have him one of the highest as far as um, the ECR rankers go. Yeah. He's going to be on all of my teams, and hopefully I'm not going to regret it by him coming out. But he is an absolute sleeper, and I really do think 2010 is on the table with the Cardinals. I'm fascinated by your fascination with Lars Newtbar because <laughs> this is a player who has a 373 career slugging in the minor leagues over 200 games, so it wasn't like the power was there. Now, look, granted, perhaps this is something he's finding and you saw the 14 home runs last year and 108 major league games. That's very important to me. Yeah. Uh, the batting average 228, you know, not the, the greatest situation. Yeah, 250 there, expected, but, almost a 250 expected batting average. So, you know, but I'll tell you what, that. I, I think you're right. I think this is a player on the rise. And I think it's a lot of a player too, where people are still not sure if they're ready to buy in. So therefore, if you're getting him as the 51st outfielder, then that's a pretty good situation. That's uh, kind of the, my big thing. Yeah. I just want to throw out is right there. Like, well, where does he move Taylor to the Moore. range where you don't like him? Like what, where does he, does he, if it gets to 45, are you, are you less no, enthused? I, like, uh, I'll tell you this, when I'm in drafts and I'm around 125 overall, I'm starting to look at Lars Newbar and I'm starting to pay attention okay. to the guys that are out there and I'm going to start going for him. I, I, I mean, I think, He's a guy enough where if he were like inside the top 30 or 35, I'm going to be like, all right, what are we doing here? But like anywhere in the 40s, I just think is a deal. I think it's a, and I don't think he's going to rise any higher because you got Jordan Walker that's sniffing around. You got mm-hmm. Dylan Carlson, who's still out there. Juan Yapez, uh, Tyler O'Neill. I mean, there's a lot of dudes that are out there. So I completely acknowledge that. But Lars is a guy I think that's going to come out and he's going to come out winning. All right, next guy on my list is a sleeper is somebody that I crushed last year. I absolutely crushed this I hate poor this guy. One, Joe. I also want to I say know. I do hate this one. This is almost one of my busts, and I didn't put him on. Just I know, you and you know what? Here. At outfielder 64, just like Mancini at 66, I'll take a flyer on Jesse Winker in Milwaukee. It's just a much better hitting environment for him. Back to where he had his best success in the National League Central. Um, and I'm going to say this about Winker. that I've always said this is a player that had some issues, oh. and then he had that miraculous first four months of a season a couple years ago was all-star people were talking about this guy as an mvp candidate and then last year he gets dealt to seattle things just didn't work out there for him that just happens sometimes it's a myriad of reasons they're human beings they're not just numbers i think getting him back here mentally is a good thing i think this ballpark is look you saw willie adams right become awesome right you've seen rowdy telez go to milwaukee hit the snot out of the baseball This is a good situation. Now, hitting lefties has always been a problem for Winker. Why do you think he is a bust even at 64? Well, and I actually caught myself. I actually, it's the next guy. I hate the next guy. I actually don't mind the next guy. Yeah, yeah, I oh, don't okay. like the next guy whatsoever. I thought we were on that one. Well, uh, no, I think Winker's smart. I think Winker, uh, a big point of what you just talked about, he's cheap. He's dirt cheap. If he has any mm-hmm. type of rebound, here's what's unique about him as well. If he's back to like when he was originally like coming up with the Reds, this is a contact hitter. This is a guy that would hit like 300 yeah. plus and couldn't. He was always that minors struggled versus lefties, yeah. had good batting average, good contact skills. Maybe he just got a little Homer happy when he left Cincinnati. Maybe that was part of it. Or maybe he felt like, oh, you know, now there's more burden on me to try to be this other guy. But if he just gets back to basics, that ballpark is going to 
cure a lot of the ills. I and think also that him. lineup, that lineup is not. And that, that lineup I mean, too. If, if he were hitting, if, if somehow he got put into a more primary position, it'd be even better. No, I don't mind this one at all. I think actually Jesse Winker, if you're playing in like five outfield leagues and it kind of gets away from you, mm-hmm. he's actually kind of a slick option. All right, let's continue to move on here. Who's next on your list of sleepers in the outfield? So this one I'm a little bit worried about because of recent talk, and it's Brian De La Cruz. Brian De La Cruz mm-hmm. with the Marlins has become one of my favorite, and I've called him Tay Oscar Light. Uh, and you want to know one of the reasons it happened? Funny enough, I was doing some work, and I happened to just have both of their baseball savant pages up, and I was just baffled at how similar they were. They were just so similar. So this is like Walmart version of Tay Oscar Hernandez a high max high hard to hit uh xba was 96 percentile this last year so that's expected batting average his x woba and x slugging were both inside the top 10 percent those are not easy things wobacon top 10 percent i mean this is a guy that has a lot of room to grow as far as he is as a hitter last year he had 13 homers in a little over 300 at bats while hitting 252 and all this expected growth on the underlining stats where does he struggle He swings and misses, and he doesn't walk a lot. That makes him very volatile. And that's kind of what you would talk about with Teoscar Hernandez. He's kind of volatile. He's just made it work. The problem is, is out of Marlins camp, the word is, is that Jesus Sanchez is still very much rolling with a gig. So you got a situation where Aviso Garcia and Jazz Chisholm kind of look locked. You've got Jorge Soler at DH, who can also play in the outfield. And then you're looking at some type of platoon split between De La Cruz and Sanchez. I don't love that. But... I'm willing to take a shot and a risk at this point because he's almost outfielder 60. He's outfielder 57. If he gets the proper at-bats, I think this is 20-plus homers this year. Mm. I'm not really worried about the stolen bases, but I think this is a solid three-category guy that you're getting post-50 outfield. It might burn us if Jesus Sanchez gets more playing time, but I don't know if I want to sit and be like, okay, well, I'm not going to go on this talent because of Aviso Garcia and Jesus Sanchez. I don't think uh, even Jorge Soler. I don't want to take uh, that Sanchez off. to me is a quad a player. That's from what I've seen. And I think De La so Cruz could take that gig. So like I said, he is uh he might be maybe Walmart's being a little bit rude, but you know, he's just like a Teoscar light. And I think that's a path like of that. where I he like can go keep sitting. Yeah. All right, here we go. We teased it. So this is the guy the Welsh hates, Hate but I think he's a sleeper still. Number 45 on the outfield board. Quit. Merrifield. Uh, Merrifield qualifies at second, qualifies at outfield, fart noises aside. Uh, <laughs> there's not a lot of other baseball podcasts. You're going to get fart noises, I'm pretty sure. You know, it's very, very high end, big ex Woba, you know, conversations kind of stuff. Also, you know, our budget, make our sound stats. effects budget. Is right I think here, we so. should start making up stats. I guarantee you, people wouldn't even blink an eye they would just accept you know i feel like baseball has gotten to a point if we just called something x something <laughs> what we people would just do, accept it you but. and i should like off air we should come up with three and then what we do is you remember in super troopers like the meow game we'll just slowly start like having a conversation and we'll just be like x-plug, i want to do it with a x-plug. guest and ask them what yeah do we'll do that we'll be like so, yeah. you know he also had an x plug of 242 which was really interesting on that x plug and we'll just kind of do that as a meow game let's do that let's we'll screw do that with, with pollock, pollock next week let's do yeah. it x plug and let's see if he catches Nick it pollock, all right everybody. everyone all right. Shh, shh, quiet everyone all right so whit merrifield X-plug. once again he's a year removed from a 40 stolen base season he's stolen 40 twice if you're in Roto Leagues, I'm taking a flyer on this guy. I know Welsh has a lot of reasons why you don't want to touch him. And I understand last year things kind of bottomed out for him and he got traded. It's a good lineup he's hitting in. I think the, you know, I think it was Buster uh, Olney was talking about how uh, stone bases in the minor leagues with the bigger bases was up 40% last year. I don't expect it to be up 40% in major leagues, but I do expect an uptick and I expect it to be a little easier. The bigger base does make it a little easier for guys to steal bases, period. It just does. It's an easier thing to get around a tag. It's a lot of that stuff. 
This is surely a play for the dual eligibility. I'm not looking for him to hit 15, 20 home runs. I think he can still hit 10. Give me double digits there. Can he get the batting average back up to the 275 range? I think he can. And if he can give me anything close to 30 stolen bases, this is a huge win. I'm sorry at this point. So go ahead, Welsh, tear it apart. Now, now gonna, you finally like, waited. Let's go. Look, I'm not going to like tear, tear it apart. It's just, <laughs> I was talking with, um, you know, the other day, you know, Saris, and, you know, there's also like the the athleticism curve that starts to decline at 30. And oh, absolutely. I feel like yeah. we've started to see that with him. I will acknowledge that like the uptick in the potential of stolen bases makes it really interesting. But it's on like a team that doesn't run their bottom 10 dot of 10 uh, or I guess bottom third of the league as far as stolen bases. They were like 20th or 22nd or whatever or 20th. And they were on the bottom end of it. He's not going to hit high in the lineup. He's going to hit lower in the lineup. Mm-hmm. I would suspect if he's playing even every day, he's probably I'm not looking at roster resource, but I'm going to guess like eight or seven or something like that so it's like i think rbi opportunities are low run opportunities aren't the best he uh is not a homer option he doesn't even have a high batting average anymore and the declining stolen bases were kind of in our face as he's getting older he's not expensive so like i shouldn't be that haiti that's one of those guys that you could take a shot at but there is something about me and now i'm actually looking at it you'll even see on my bus category like i just don't like chasing high stolen base outfielders um but i also don't know what this new base thing is going to do if all of the stolen bases are going to go up in general or just the elite guys that could take advantage of it like a guy like whit merrifield i think what you do is you he's that guy that you take a flyer on at the 45th outfielder overall if you're behind in stolen bases and you hope for the best period that's it let's take a quick break in the action to tell you about fantrax fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry offering the greatest fantasy experience of your dynasty keeper redraft and best ball leagues create or join a fantasy baseball commissioner league invite your friends and dominate your drafts this season and the top dynasty fantasy baseball platform in the industry is fantrax it's not even close Go deeper with the ultimate keeper and dynasty leagues, create a simple redraft league or even a customizable best ball league with up to 2000 teams. If you're coming from another service, Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize as needed. Ever have a trade go wrong or a mistake in dropping a player? Fantrax commissioner tools allow you to undo any move with one simple click. Among the most trusted names in fantasy sports since 2008, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, hockey, college basketball, college football, golf, soccer, NASCAR, you name it, they've got it. And if there's anything lacking in your current fantasy league manager, Fantrax likely has that too. Fantasy sports doesn't sleep and neither does Fantrax with seasons running 365 days a year. There's a reason why fantasy players who try Fantrax make it their permanent home for all their fantasy leagues. Sign up for free today and be entered to win an official signed Vladimir Guerrero Jr. jersey by simply going to Fantrax.com slash fantasy pros and signing up today. That's Fantrax.com slash fantasy pros for your chance to win that official signed Vladimir Guerrero Jr. jersey. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. And now back to the action. All right, let's get to the bus. I'm going to start with one of mine that I know yeah. is going to piss off the Welsh. So it's like turnabout <laughs> is fair play, whatever the yeah. hell that means. Say a Suzuki. Now, look, Welsh has talked a lot about Suzuki. I think he's getting a lot of hype. And here's the thing. You know, Welsh has been so favorable for him. I went back and I watched. It's a true story. Today, before the show, I watched some extra film on him and from, from Japan. And then I watched the same Say a Suzuki in the major leagues last year. And I noticed something that's just hard to miss. He crushes the ball up. You leave the ball up. He is going to put it in the seats. 
He is that kind of hitter. Almost every single ball that I watched on the highlights of him in Japan, here, there, all these ball, these balls he's hitting out of the ballpark, all up high. In the major leagues, same thing. You saw it very early on. As you start to look at more footage of him towards the end of the year, that's not how people are. They're not leaving that ball up for him anymore. You're seeing them pitch him down and in, down and away. If you continue to do that, Suzuki's going to have a tough time. So my fear is people are going to buy into some of these patchwork signings of the Cubs and think, okay, year two of Suzuki, <clears throat> this is going to be the next <clears throat> Hideki Matsui type guy. I don't think he's that kind of talent. I think he's a mistake hitter. And I think that if you leave the ball up, he's going to crush it. I just think he's getting a little bit too much hype. So for me, it's a player that at 26th outfielder overall, mm, this is a little tough for me. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton is going after him. I'll still take my chances with Stanton, with Santander, with Yelich, all those guys. Even Nick Castellanos, I would take my chance with over Suzuki. Go ahead, Welsh. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to break something out because I know we're going to burn through when we get there. But like this Ooh. is one of my must haves is uh, Seiya Suzuki. He's just one of my must guys that I want. Uh, also looks visibly bigger. There was some video out of camp. Him and Cody Bellinger were working out. He physically looks bigger. He had one of the uh, best chest chase rates, chest rates, chase rates uh, in baseball. <laughs> last is year. Phenomenal. It's pack. phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Big muscles. Um, if you remember early on, this is <laughs> one of those guys that was just never swinging outside the zone. So the patience is there. It's maybe a little bit above average, just like overall hard hit stuff, like hard hit, exit velocity, uh, makes pretty good contact, hit 262 last year, expected was a tiny bit lower. I like the EV stuff. I like the hard hit numbers overall. I think he's going to continue. It's a big, big change going mm -hmm. over from Japan to here because you saw it because this guy had 37 homers in Japan and had 14 this past year. But I think take with the patience, take with some of the natural raw ability that he's got in general. It's not a great offense, but like at outfielder 30, this is just one of those guys that I have to have on my roster. And I just don't know. I, the only argument I guess is like, maybe he's a little expensive. Like you're not getting any discount. Well, he's 20 as outfielder 26 right now and climbing. Oh, and the guy who's ahead of him, he's a 26 on fantasy pros right now in the average ADP. And the guy ahead of him is the guy on your list next. So why don't you talk about him? Okay. So the, Oh, on the bus. Yeah. So my bust <laughs> is Steven Kwan. And I think I talked about him a little bit ago because I think Steven Kwan is coming at a very, very pricey, pricey outfield spot. 24. I don't know if this has changed. You, I mean, you're telling me I had Suzuki at 30 and I did this last night looking at the ADP. So if he's moved up a couple spots, maybe they've added some more data. That's concerning. Stephen Kwan's mm -hmm. coming in at 24. Now we know who Kwan is. That speaks for itself. But what I just don't believe is that those stolen base numbers are going to continue. I don't believe there's going to be any growth as far as power goes. I mean, this is one of the absolutely lowest of 1%. He is literally in the one percentile of hard hit on the opposite direction. He doesn't barrel the ball. He doesn't really show any great slugging ability. So what are you doing? You're, you're drafting him for theoretical high run totals, batting average, and then good stolen bases. That's three categories that you can do this. He's a, a, a zero, a donut on homers, I believe. And the RBIs are nothing. If the mm -hmm. stolen base numbers come down, which this wasn't something that he was like, typically this wasn't his game, then he's going to become at best like a, I don't know, like a two. I mean, like he's like Luis Rise. Like he would be, if he stole mm. 10 bases, he's no different than Luis Rise at that point. And I think we're drafting him way, way too high. I fully acknowledge his ability to hit. He's a great points league guy. If we're talking great Roto and, and yeah. uh, if we're talking like Roto and head to head categories, I'm just not interested because I literally think what you're doing is you're drafting him at the spot because of those stolen bases. And I don't know if that repeats.
I agree with you. Everything you said there is correct. And I like Quan because I play more points leagues, but I understand exactly what your point of view yeah, is. And he, and he wouldn't be a bust in points leagues. No, no. I think he's just going to peck every, ding, 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 over and over, pecky to death kind of guy. I like those kind of guys because usually they come cheaper. All right. Uh, Mitch Hanniger oh, is next on my bust list. And there's another guy that I've touched down before and not going to belabor this point, but Mitch Hanniger, I just, I hate the ballpark situation for him. I, I just, I do. I think San Fran is, is the worst possible scenario. We talked about waiting another 10 picks of outfielders and going with Michael Conforto instead, even just right around there. He's going ahead of Ian Happ and ahead of Brandon Nimmo in the early ADP ahead of Verdugo too. right around Andrew Vaughn. Like those are all players that I really like. And Hanniger with the injury history that he's had of missing time. And I know some of those injuries have been bizarro kind of injuries that was Jacoby Ellsbury's career too. Like a lot of bizarro injuries, but you know what? It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you miss time. I just don't like the landing spot. He's a player that historically misses a lot of time. I know what the upside is. I even drafted him. I think the other day, cause I was desperate for an outfielder in yeah, the mod and I was just mad about it. And sometimes these things happen. So I hope I'm wrong. If I end up with shares of him, I like the player. Don't like the scenario. Let, let me ask you something. Who would you or rather take? What would you okay. rather take? You're at pick four. You're, there's 39 outfielders gone. So you're like, I need yeah. an outfielder and it's yeah. 40th. Do you rather okay. reach on Lars Newbar or take Mitch Hanniger? I'll still take Mitch Hanniger. I'll always take the proven entity guy, especially the guy who's got, hey man, you had 39 bombs in the big leagues. You got my attention. Lars Newbar, had he had a minor league track record of crushing the baseball, I'd feel differently. But that slugging is not very impressive. So I'm okay. still skeptical of the power. All right. Give me the next guy on your list, Welsh, who you have on the bus for outfield. Uh, on this one, this is another one of those. It's a little dicey because his cost isn't crazy, but I'm going to go with Masataka Yoshida. Um, you know, I like Suzuki. I don't like Yoshida in this instance. I've actually kind of compared some of those two when trying to figure out. And I, I talked with somebody who told me definitely kind of stray away from that. But, you know, I was looking at like numbers translating on what Suzuki did in Japan and then seeing the projections on Yoshida just didn't make sense. And it's probably not a one for one. Here's where he excels. Again, this is another one of those guys that, I'm thinking of this when I talk about bus in a form of like head-to-head categories and roto categories, not points. I would like him more in points. In this, his draft stock is so driven by really lofty projections. Steamer essentially came out and had him be the number one hitter, like the highest batting average of any projection system out there. And he's got like almost twice as much as he strikes out, which is something you just don't see in modern day baseball. You don't see that at all. No, you don't. And he's a super, super patient guy, makes a lot of contact, had never lead let off. He talked about that when he got signed that he wasn't even sure if he was comfortable with it. He's never been more than a 20 plus homer guy and most projections outside of the bat X have them at 19. So they have no regression as far as what Japan comes to the majors. Listen, I think he will be fun. If he's leading off in Boston, that's great. It's going to get some hits, but like everyone's banking that this is going to be a 300 hitter with 20 homers. And I just don't think we're going to see that again, coming back to it, maybe in a quant type of way, I think this might be more like Luis rise. I don't think he's going to steal. And I think he might be 10 to 12 homers with a really good, he's Alex Verdugo. He's like Alex Verdugo all over again. And he's technically going after Verdugo, but I think he's going to keep rising and rising. And at the end of the day, maybe I'm a little skewed by the projections and it's why I'm here, but I'm going to go with Masataka Yoshida at 43 and rising. The next guy on my list is another Cub taking a lot of shots at the Cubs this year. It's Mm. Cody Bellinger outfield 48. And, And I understand it's not a huge investment here. I just, I can't get there. I keep coming back to the point where there's some guys and it's funny Yoshida because I think at points leagues, he'll be good. I'll have my eye on him with Merrifield and some Roto leagues. I'll have my eye on him. 
This is that same general range where Cody Bellinger is going. And in fact, he's moved up from 48 to 41 over the last 24 hours. Welsh on this ADP. So wait, what was it? 48 to 41 from, from 48 uh, for outfielder 48 to outfielder number 41. Joey, I, I gotta be honest I with you. I was going to tell you, I'm not the biggest, like I'm not buying doing the Cody Bellinger stuff this year, but I was going to be like at 48. Is this really like a bust? But if you nah, but this is like the problem, that, look, yeah. look, the 2021 season hit a buck 66 last year. He hit 210. I'm sorry. We're all chasing 2019 here with this guy. And for whatever reason, it's just bottomed out. Uh, change of scenery is a good idea. You can hope all you want that he comes back. I just don't think it's enough of a discount. Again, I'm talking about guys like Brandon Nimmo, guys like Ian Happ, guys that I feel pretty solid. I know what I'm getting. I love Andrew Vaughn this year. I want to take that leap of faith with him. So Cody Bellinger is a player I just can't draft at this spot. Uh, just a too much of a drown on your on your batting average. And it's one thing if he's going to hit 40 home runs and you know that's a lock. But you don't know that anymore. It's just it's you can't do that. And again, now you're dropping him in a in a new team, new situation here. I know people are very optimistic, and sometimes that puts a new shine on a guy like Bellinger. I just can't get there. Not at this ADP as it continues to rise. Welsh. Yeah. No. I mean, I want to. I've always been a big Cody Bellinger fan. I bought back in last year, but it's just it's continuously not working. I think mm-hmm. the hitting environment might be friendly and stuff, but. I don't know. I, I'm going to try to get to Cubs camp once or twice, see if there's anything that looks fun. You guys will all be able to watch spring training and stuff like that. But I, I haven't drafted. I've done. I mean, how many mock drafts have I already done? This <laughs> I haven't drafted him once, not one single time in any format I've played in. So, all right, nope. let's get to your final bust here on the outfield list for 2023. Who is it? To prove I am not a homer, because I know I can be put into that. Listen, the Diamondbacks are kind of exciting. There's some fun stuff, and I think they come at some cheap cost. But to not play a homer, I'm going to throw out Jake McCarthy to you guys. Jake McCarthy, who obviously put up like some great 23 stolen bases in some projections. I believe it's the bat X maybe that is projected to lead the league in stolen bases. Eight homers, 23 stolen bases. Here's my deal. There's big pull heavy. He is blue as can be on his baseball savant page. Lower 20 percentile in hard hit X Woba x slug barreling with percentages down there he could strike out he doesn't really really make great contact he had an xba of 249 here's your context he hit 283 that's almost a 40 point difference between his batting average and he is like kwan kind of built yeah i think he has more power than kwan and obviously kwan has better bat skills but he's built off of the elite stolen bases i might be really wrong about this this year and if i am that's fine but I think Corbin Carroll is going to lead this team in stolen bases, not Jake McCarthy. And nobody believes that it's, it's uh, Jake McCarthy through the board is going to lead the league in stolen bases, huge high sprint percentiles. But I think Corbin Carroll might be hitting higher in the order running a bit more. And if we see some great hard hit changes from McCarthy, that's great, but he's coming at a top 30 overall outfield. Listen, I do take him from time to time. And I, I would favor him i favor him in form of categories and points leagues over kwan but i still think how we're drafting this is another stolen base chase and uh, i'm just not super interested in it so i'll put jake mccarthy as a bust all right here are the must-haves for me in 2023 in the outfield number one on my list and number one in my heart julio rodriguez if you give me any pick in the first round and he's there i'm taking him so on, it's the Joe. one pick i'm probably gonna Must take him have anyway. we all want julio rodriguez we talking yes but about? i'm making the same point that i made in the football show about justin jefferson which is people are like well i don't know if he's really the one one overall guess what he was yeah. okay so same thing here you can make a case for a lot of guys for the one spot this year you can make a case for otani you can make a case for trey turner acuna aaron judge right julio is my number one player in 
salary cap drafts. I'm going to be a most aggressive on him. So I think this is a way of targeting. Yes, everybody wants him. But again, in that first round, you have options in the top five. You have options. He is my option. He is the must have guy. Ironically, another one of my must haves, Corbin Carroll, for the same reason mm-hmm. you said, I think he is going to lead the Diamondbacks and steals. I think the power is legit. I agree with you 100%. They are discounting the fact that he's a smaller guy. It's the same knock that guys like Altuve got and some other guys in the past. It's stupid. It's overrated. Corbin Carroll's the real deal. And the last one for me, Eloy Jimenez. Now, the first season of Eloy Jimenez, 31 homers in 122 games, drove in 79 runs at 267. I know 2020 was a short season, but he had 290 with 14 bombs in the short 55-game season. He was hurt. Most of 2021, he was hurt half of last year. Even though he played half a season, he still had 16 homers and hit 294. I think people don't remember how good of a prospect he was. I think people have forgotten because they haven't seen a complete year of this player, how good he is. I think Jimenez is one of these guys that right now, if you're looking where he's going, now Corbin Carroll's going at outfielder 22. He's going at outfielder 18. It's stunning to me that those players are even close to each other at this point because Eloy has already shown you what the ceiling is he just hasn't put together a full season so just let him dh keep him away from the field just let him hit the ball and i think this is a special talent that people are discounting because they forget what they've seen and look 2020 wasn't his fault 2021 22 i get it it's been disappointing he's far too young to give up on right now so those are my three guys rodriguez carol jimenez welsh who are your three must-haves in the outfield yeah, and I might agree with you, by the way, on all of those guys I want to draft, and I'm into all of them. Corbin Carroll, I would have put on this list had you not. Uh, Eloy Jimenez is someone I tend to target, and uh, I'm just giving you crap about the Julio stuff. Like, I think, And Jimenez you know, is just 26 years old. I think people forget that, too. Like, yeah. come on, guys. Like, I would have put Acuna on this list, but I, I just I pushed it back a little bit further on must-haves because I think when I'm looking at must-haves, for me, I'm, I'm looking at guys like that I know I really Yeah, I just to wanted to drive on. home that point that I think at the end of the year, I've already put my money where my mouth is. I yeah. already have him plus 900 for AL MVP. I think the path is there for him. Like, I just think he is going to have that season. And people are, I mean, he is special. You know, he that, that Ken Griffey Jr. special, whatever that is to you. That's what this guy is, and I think yeah. it's going to be very fun to watch him, you know, play 155 games this year and just tear it up. Funny, funny anecdote. I just remembered this today. Uh, something he said last last spring, uh, a, a little kid like ran up and was like, "Hey, uh, Julio, do you have a broken bat? Can I have a bat? Did you break any bats?" And Julio looks over and he goes, "I've never broken a bat." He's like, "I never." Like essentially saying he never makes bad contact. He's like, "I never break a bat." Today. He was walking and it was next to him and he dropped his bat. And I looked over and I went, Julio still hasn't broke a bat. And he looked up and he's like, I never break bats. <laughs> he's like, I never make bad contact. I never break bats. And he loved that. Uh, Cause that's just, it just makes me think about him. He's just such an elite uh, astute player that I can't yeah. go against it. Uh, my three must have outfielders. This is like I said, a little bit in a world of, I want to prioritize to try to get these guys. I will tell you Lars Dubart, Taylor Ward, Brian, De La Cruz all kind of live in that as well. But these guys, at number 19 on outfielders, ADP on Fantasy Pros, Brian Reynolds. Love it. Good contact. I think he's great in every platform. He stole seven bases, which was a career high last year. Had 27 homers, which was a career high. Strikeouts are not a problem. He walks a decent amount. Had a 260 batting average. And he did say he was still open to signing a deal with the Pirates, which, boy, I hope is not true because I think the other <laughs> sneaky thing is if he gets traded, he's even yeah. more valuable out there. Brian Reynolds is one. 
Teoscar Hernandez is me on an island. People don't like Teoscar because of some of the stuff we talked about before. It's like really volatile Ks and he doesn't walk a whole bunch. And a lot of people honing in on like the Mariners being a worse environment. I don't think we're going to see that. I, I think um, uh, me and Frank have talked about this a bunch. If you look at the expected homers by ballpark, he actually would hit like four more homers with Seattle than it mm-hmm. would have been Toronto. And there's a great team around him still. So I think Tiasco is a little expensive, but I just want to have him on a lot of teams. And I think he goes a little bit later, regardless of the rank. And then finally, we talked about Seiya Suzuki. That's just one of those guys that I want to try to get. Mm-hmm. I would love to have an Acuna. And then if I can pair three of my sleepers and must-haves, I've got a great outfield. If I had, you know, Acuna, Tay Oscar, Brian Reynolds, Lars Newtbar, I think I'm golden. I think it's a great four, and then I just pick and choose where I can. That would be how I'd want to do this when we're putting together our outfielders on the ultimate outfielder. Ultimate God. outfield. Who are your ultimate outfielders? Who are your busts, your sleepers? I want to hear from you. Drop them in the comments below on the YouTube channel. If you haven't already, subscribe to our MLB channel, Fantasy Pros MLB, right here on the YouTube. And don't forget to go premium, fantasypros.com slash premium and download the app for the Draft Wizard or go to fantasypros.com slash Draft Wizard and check out the Draft Assistant to help you dominate all your leagues. That's what you want to do. Next week, we'll have the starting pitcher, ultimate guide. We got mock drafts coming. We got all kinds of fun happening. So make sure you stay with us here on Fantasy Pros MLB channel. And of course, subscribe to the pod wherever you get your pods. I want to thank the sponsor of today's show, and that's Fantrax. Go to Fantrax.com slash Fantasy Pros, create a new league, or just move your old leagues over to Fantrax for the best baseball experience you can find, and you can win an official signed Vladimir Guerrero jersey only at Fantrax.com slash Fantasy Pros. That'll do it for us, but the story of the game goes on for the Welsh. I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Baseball Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Pros MLB and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros MLB.